is this? Ah, the French. For what reason? What is the charge? Eating a meal? A succulent Chinese meal? I'm here, Papa! Yippee-ki-yay, Mr. Falcon. First listen to the animal man, the Snoopy Snoopy poop dog. My wife hated me being a firefighter. We were divorced nine months later. If you don't mind my saying, I don't like your attitude one bit. Inspired. Six times I've now ruined my whiskey. But I'm gonna I'm under what? I just want to do whatever serves the corporation best. Good night, Mr. Wanton. Good night. Gentlemen, this is the Democracy Manifest. My name is Brighton SLC. And I am Sean Black. Smogville. We actually have a sponsor today. After last week making fun of the fact that we will not have sponsors. Well, I haven't peed in one full week, so. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, we're on the right track. We're definitely on the right track. Uh, No, we are brought to you today by the famous Smogville Shangri La Diner. Oh. Shangri La Diner, of course, they've got their world famous bread with real gravy, still just 35 cents after all these years. Yeah, and that's real gravy. It's real gravy. The I've tasted it myself. And it's real? It's, it's a brown uh, it's, gravy, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah it, brown it, flavored? It, like, it's definitely brown flavored, and it just has that real gravy taste that, that you don't taste that often in other diners. Of course, for your entree, uh, mutton and tomato catsup. Oh. Celery consomme. I love the celery consomme. Mm-hmm. If you get there early enough on a Tuesday, Shrimp. What? Yeah, the, you can the get the shrimp. shrimp. Yeah, the you shrimp. can get the shrimp, the weekly shrimp. Yeah. Uh, it's always the special. They erase the chalkboard real fast when someone buys the shrimp. Right. Um, one time they had a can of olives. Mm-hmm. So Shangri-La Diner, when you're in Smogville, uh, your trip is not complete unless you've dined at the Shangri-La. Yeah, and ask for the liver and onions. That's, yeah. That's my recommendation. Really? Yeah, the, it's, it's, the, it's the best plate of a liver you can have. Because when I eat that, I have to get their buttermilk with it to kind oh, of yeah. settle my stomach. So yeah, like yeah, a, yeah. get a pint of buttermilk, some liver and onions. Well, if you ask for the world champion special, that's the buttermilk and liver and onions. Yeah, ask for the, the world champion special. Right. Really nice of them to sponsor us. I know. Thank uh, you. Shangri-La yeah. Cafe Diner. Yeah. Now, of course, to get out of the way right off the bat, if you'd like to get a hold of us, why would you even want to get a hold of us? What is this show? It's, uh, well, as we said, we signed a contract to record a podcast. We talk about our personal experiences. We talk about pop culture. We talk about all the entertainment, mm-hmm. the finest entertainment of the world. And to try to get people to come to the Smogville World's Fair. Right. Which is, that's a big part of it. You know, We're part of this whole industry trying to promote. They've got all kinds of stuff here. They've snow cones. Ferris wheels. That, well, we're in. Well, let me tell you. It's out of order. We're l- in it. Let me tell you what's coming up. First, I want to give you our contact information. Okay. We are World Champion Podcast at gmail.com. We're under Facebook. You just have to search for us. We still need some more likes so we can actually change our URL. You have to have like 100 likes to do it's, that. Or it's a small town. It'll, it'll happen. It'll happen. Uh, Twitter, we're under Smogville Fair. And Instagram, look for World Champion Pod. And if you would be so kind, subscribe to us in iTunes, leave us a review, and tell your friends. All right. I'm putting that here at the beginning because I know that when I start saying it at the end is when you skip and go listen to uh, Marketplace from Public Radio International. Marketplace, the Marky Wahlberg sh- business show. Right, about Wahlbergers. Yeah. Yeah. But here's some exciting news about Smogville. I just heard this is kind of breaking. Oh. Fourth of July, Bare Naked Ladies are going to be playing. Oh, my God. Yeah. You're kidding me. Yeah, and I've heard the mayor's going to be there. 
Wow. And he, I've never seen the mayor. Well, he doesn't like to be photographed. He's I know. Got, he, he, made, he passed that law that it's illegal to, to take a photograph of him, and I don't, I'm not sure why that is. And so I'm so excited for this. Yes. See the mayor, get that chickety china, the Chinese chicken. Wow. You have a dr- I, I still remember all those. Do you still remember the words? Of I course. didn't ever try. I, okay. Well, it's, it's one of those things. It's like when you go to a foreign country and you memorize how to say, hello, do you speak English? You know, it's basically what you do. And you don't know what you're saying. So I can sing along with the song word for word without missing a single and consonant. I don't like the song. I don't think oh, it's a I, good I don't, song. I, I definitely don't like it. I think it. it's, it's a pretty terrible song. It's, it's, there's none more terrible. It's, it's the Voldemort of songs. It's the <laughs> song that shall not be sung, you know? <laughs> That's true. And I, we know the words, but I... Now that I think about it, I have no idea what I'm saying. It's like speaking in tongues or something. You just kind of black out. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of, yeah, you black out, you come to, and, and the song's over. You see that, and that was Bare Naked Ladies from and their multi-platinum album. Yeah, when we don't know what it was called. The song's called One Week. The album is called, oh, what is it? It's Find some out. dumb name. It's called, like, Evil Knievel Rides Again, or... Or, what is the what is the cover? Macaroni and cheese, or what do you think the cover looks like? Do you know? I feel like the cover. Maybe it, that was just the video. I thought there was some sort of evil Knievel thing going on. That's very possible. I'm for some reason picturing a cow's butt with three faces on it, but that's I don't think that's I think that's might be Blink One Eighty Two. That's Blink One Eighty Two <laughs> is the cow. So it's not a cow, but I feel like that's right in line with the whole concept of the album is it's going to be something along or the, the, the bloodhound gang hooray for boobies album cover, which I stumbled upon on the internet recently. It has a cow's udder. It has all the the guys in the band wearing brightly colored t-shirts making really stupid faces. And then, well, I mean, it's called hooray for boobies. I have a lot of nostalgia for the nineties. I think that's obvious if you listen to the program. Okay. But. Uh, there's really a lot of garbage. It's ninety. There's really, it's a poor 90s, aesthetic. It's nineties percent garbage. It is, and we're the one percent. We are. That's why but we t- took back the nineties. It's from an album called Stunt. It Stunt. is perhaps one of the most nineties things I've seen. It's very on the nose. It has sort of a brownish beige color. We can imagine that with say the cranberries, uh, Counting Crows, Google Dolls. Did they even have covers? It was just colors, right? Just like these brownish beige colors. Right. Uh, Bare Naked Ladies is in like a, looks like it was on there with a broken label maker. <laughs> and then it's a collage. <laughs> that is definitive 90s. Yeah. The broken label maker. Broken label maker. <laughs> and, then, uh, and then a collage. I, I mean, I just feel like this sums it all up. You know, like, like cutting things out of a newspaper. So there's this weird faced kid. He's got a, pointy hat he's wrapped in string he's got scissors oh my god that is definitive 90s cover yeah wow that's incredible that yeah. could you could sum up the entire decade in one album cover i'd yeah. say it's or at least the second half the, i feel like the first half has to be a grunge album cover yeah that's true and there's a lot of you know when we say the 90s there's a lot of different aspects not really uh, what's your 90s is someone else's 90s um yeah okay look at this counting crows album cover Again. Oh my god. Again, let's just it's mainly so similar. Let's mainly do visual things here for we our should. radio show. It's a guy with it's like a Magritte style kind of painting or not even a painting. A, a guy where, who whose head is a fishbowl. And it's brownish beige. But there's a there's a fedora, a milady fedora. Tip <laughs> tipping. Maximum tippage. I like that. All right, l- l- let's get right to the meat of it then. Let's talk about the the one week the song itself. When we start babbling Drunkenly 
incoherently in tongues. I, like, what are we actually saying? I remember this too, that it was a big deal that this, well, rock band, we're going to call them a rock band. <laughs> so when you say rock band. That's being kind. When you say rock band, you could be speaking about the Beatles. Uh-huh. You could be speaking about the Dave Clark Five. You right. could be speaking about ACDC, Bruce Springsteen, and the Bare Naked Ladies. They're all, all one style genre. under rock. One genre of music. Yeah. Like it could be Led Zeppelin, and it could be Three Doors Down. Uh-huh. Which apparently people love Three Doors Down. Is that what we just found out? No, yeah. Third Eye Blind. Okay, so, so not only do we do a podcast, but during the day when we're both working, we will, we will chat over, over instant message. Is that what it's called these days? I don't know. Face, <laughs> some Facebook. kind of chat, right? Yeah, some kind of chat. And, and we do, we do, we're kind of like a d- detective agency. <laughs> we do a lot of research and look into things. And one of the things we discovered last week was that the Third Eye Blind... As of 2016, has over a million fans on Facebook. Yeah, and this kind of knocked both our socks off. And it was that uh, what do you call it, Bader-Meinhof syndrome, where you notice something and then start noticing it, it again and yes, again and yes. again. And explain what Bader-Meinhof syndrome is, because it's really interesting. Yeah, so it's 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 uh, a cognitive bias where you're, I mean your brain is kind of picked out to recognize patterns and things like that. Mm-hmm. So let's say. This is an example I read many years ago. You drive around, you never notice blue Volkswagens. Why would you? Right. You don't notice that kind of thing. Then you go buy a blue Volkswagen. Next thing you know, you're seeing them everywhere, every time around the streets. Oh, there's one. There's another one. There's another one. Every day. Yeah. So it's this thing that kind of pops up and you think, oh, that's weird. And then later, you know, you, you say like, hey, I'm in the mood for some liver and onions. Mm-hmm. And then tomorrow morning, you're going to hear a joke on the radio about liver and onions. And then you're going to go to the cafeteria, and the special will be liver and onions. This actually happened to me just recently, where I was, at, I was stopped at a train crossing. Yeah. And I, w- I was talking with my girlfriend about how do they, de- like, what is the, the trigger that makes these, these, these red lights start flashing and the little arm come down to block you from driving on a train track? So, yeah. well, is it connected to stoplights? Is it like, how do, how do they. Like, how, like how, why should we trust this, basically? How do we know that thing's not going to be faulty and I'm going to drive on in front of the tracks and get hit with the train? Literally, the next night, on news, on the news, there was a special report on railroad crossings failing, the, yeah. how many fatalities they are, and during the news report, they explained what triggers the, the, the things to go down, and it, it's stoplights. And it was blowing my mind. Yeah. I, was, I was thinking... My God, they started working on this story before I had the conversation. Before you had that thought, yeah. Before I had this conversation the day before. I will not drive over train tracks. I, know, I look both ways. I'm terrified. I won't do oh, it. I'll at go, all. I'll go out of my way. It takes me a long time to get anywhere. So you, you basically have to find like a Dukes of Hazard jump where you jump over a river or something. I live on a street with train tracks, too. Which that makes, makes it, it extra tricky. Extra tricky, but I won't go over them. I don't care if I don't see a train. I don't know how fast they are. They're what if I... What if I don't realize it, but I'm suffering train blindness? I don't know. There's times where you look left, and there's no car, and then you start going, and there's a car. Yeah. Like, that's some kind of, of car blindness. Now, picture that a vehicle 10,000 times more, more weight that cannot stop. Yeah. You don't want to mess around with train blindness. You don't mess around with train blindness. Yeah. No, it's, it's like a type of migraine, I think. It is. Train blindness. So, oh, anyway, what, where are we? Third Eye Blind, suddenly I've discovered that people still really like Third Eye Blind. Right. I don't even remember which one they are. They're, they're, 
Uh, why don't you step down from that ledge, my friend? <laughs> There's one about no, suicide. No, is that Beaver? No, no. Oh. Don't make Beaver jokes on this show. Is there one that goes... Oh, the that goes do 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 yeah do 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 do. I read about the lyrics just recently, like on the same day when we were he- like balls deep in detective work. Yeah, I read about that song. It's about smoking it's about meth. meth. I think he even says it in the song, doesn't he? Well, I mean, there's clues everywhere, apparently. Yeah, and I I've I had no idea there was lyrics aside from do 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 do. Yeah, so. It kind of gave me more respect for him because I was thinking these guys are in this rock band, and that's such a you know a general term. Yeah. But they're 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 smoking meth, right? Well, it, everyone's smoking meth. Right. Everyone but me, apparently. Everyone's no? having this great fun. Oh, dude. They're getting shit done. Oh boy. And I'm ever... I'm still getting nothing done. And so it's that I found out that Green Day song "Geek Stink Breath" is about meth. Hmm. It's not as shocking to think of Green Day doing drugs, but. You think of 3EB with over a million followers. They 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 are they people look up to them. You know, like middle-aged 37-year-old women with three kids look up to Third Eye Blind. You don't want those that that part of the population doing meth. You know, just think about the devastation to the chil- to the children. They stick with diet coke. Right. Yeah. They're going to take the the long suicide, the long way out. So when this song came out in one week by the Bare Naked Ladies, Big deal that a rock band is rapping. I remember. I remember. And I remember reading articles written with a straight face talking about what a risk that was. Right. And that that, that really is. I, I It's weird to think that that actually could be an article subject. Yeah. And it's weird <laughs> to think that someone thinks this weird spoken word thing is rap. <laughs> it's, it's closer to scat than rap. Is <laughs> It really is. It's... it's it's more like that cartoon cat in the Paula Abdul video is is m- much closer than what you would consider like maybe NWA yeah. or Dr. Dre or 50 Cent. Is this a pre-Eminem world we're talking about though? I think so. I it mean, must be, right? Yeah, I'm going to guess it was 97. Let's see. Wow, could it be really be that long ago? That was the year most of our listeners were born. That's true. So they should know about their birth song. Uh, it was released on July 7th, 1998. So, yeah, this was the birth song for any uh, tw- millennials. 18-year-olds 18, 18 out there. Is that a millen- What's below a millennial? Is there something, we don't lo- have a name is there something lower than no, that? No, we don't know how to handle No, there's nothing lower. And that's, and that's how I, I, I rank the generations. Ba- like, we start out with the greatest generation. Mm-hmm. It's the greatest one. So, obviously, this whole graph is downhill from here. Yeah. And then what's after that? Is that generation uh, Then it's X? the boomers. Oh, the boomers. Of course, yeah. the boomers. And that's kind of like a bunch of pieces, you know, lazy. You think of boomers, you think of lazy, you mm-hmm. think of goofy. Then we got Generation X, right? Generation X. Somewhere in there is the me generation, but I think that's more of an attitude than an actual. Yeah, there's also Generation Next, which I think is a Pepsi they, sort of generation. That's true, Generation like a, Next. Like a soda-oriented kind of group of people. Yeah, the Pepsi generation, Generation Next. Now, is, is there a generation called Generation Y2K? There should be. They tried to do Generation Y, and then I think they just rolled them all up into Millennials. Because that's just, yeah, I, he- I heard about that too. And there's really not a science to it. There's not an international standard for this. Because so I think I could even be... So, that, so like, you're telling me in some places there is a Generation Y2J for Chris Jericho. 
Oh, yeah, definitely. It's generation and that's, Y, too. And that's a bunch of guys in their 40s with dad bods that listen to kind of Queensryche, right? Love Queensryche. Love Queensryche. You and I are generation WCP. Oh, yeah, we are, actually. Yeah. That's, a, that's a very narrow and specific. And it's also a geographic place, too. You have to be from a certain area to be part of this generation. Yeah, when I took the BuzzFeed quiz that said, you know you're WCP when, and then it just said, you're Brighton. Right. No, that was it. I know. I took the quiz and it said you're Sean. I was, yeah. I was like, wow, that's great. This yeah. is dead on. Because the once. first question was, are you Brighton or are you Sean? Right. And there's <laughs> some other questions, but I, I have a feeling they re- a lot of your score depends on that first question. <laughs> I think it's weighted. I hope it's weighted a little bit more. I it's, trust BuzzFeed. And it's not a trick question because immediately I was like, I am Sean. Yeah. So you didn't have to stop and think about yeah, it. Yeah, so it wasn't some, one of those bullshit trick question things. Mm-hmm. All right. So 1998, so you're about to turn 18 if you were born when this came out. But, yeah, there, it was not that long ago that people, and not everybody, of course, but certain stuffed shirts in the media uh-huh. or your teachers or whatever just thought that anything that wasn't singing was rapping. <laughs> not that there had to be, like, a certain rhythm to it or a certain flow, and but this just is what... words that rhyme that you're saying so even like Shakespeare's sonnets in, in a certain context are rapping. Oh, that's the classic uh, teacher cliche. I don't know if anyone's ever actually said it, but mm-hmm. if you're making fun of a teacher, you go, hey, I, here's a rapper you're going to dig. Oh, his yeah. Name's, his name's Billy Shakespeare. And it just blow, MC Shakespeare. <laughs> yeah. And then it kind of blows their mind. Yeah, and then on your, power, or your overhead uh, projector, you put Shakespeare with sunglasses on. <laughs> Can you imagine preparing for that, that lesson? Being yeah. a teacher and being like this, the kids are gonna. I'm flipping it around. I gotta go to Kinko's and get it on a transparency Shakespeare with sunglasses to put on the overhead projector. Think of how much work that is for a teacher to make a joke to try to unsuccessfully relate to the the generation piece of shit, whatever the youngest one is. Yeah, that's what I'm calling it. Generation piece of shit. Yeah, yeah. Or generation like bo or generation hygiene because we, we we've been reading those Reddit things in relationships. You, oh yeah, you, you, these people are 19, 20, 21, 22. Your biggest problem, your boyfriend plays so much video games, he won't have, se- won't have sex with you. Yeah. And when he does have sex with you, he hasn't wiped his butt in a few weeks. Mm. <laughs> so that's so. what other name could you have for them than Generation Wipe? Or <laughs> Just Generation Garbage. <laughs> generation Garbage. I can't wait. In 2027, the Time Magazine cover, Generation Garbage. And it's... Toilet paper, who needs it? Question mark. <laughs> yeah. Right? Get to know Generation Garbage. <laughs> and it'll have all these stats. I mean, I'm, I don't know what the stats will be. It'll be like hours a day playing League of Legends. They don't even... 13. They don't remember Instagram. Yeah. They, but they're... Yeah, I can't wait until they do the news reports where they're showing high school students what Facebook is. And they're like, what? <laughs> what? So you, you make a pretend account and you put your pictures on it? But why? Yeah. Oh, so your friends will pu- push a thumbs up button and... And pretend to like it, or you didn't just have a GoPro trained on your face at all times. But that's not real. What about all your hologram friends? Yeah. What about your your cyber walks through through the forest that doesn't exist <laughs> because because there hasn't been a tree in over two hundred years? <laughs> your cyber walks <laughs> through the digital forest. <laughs> Let's write that down. Cyber walks through the digital forest. That's, that's gonna be our album. God, it will. That'll yeah. be a, that'll be a good one. Are they were they were prescient? People will release it in 2016, it's, but people won't realize it because the cover will be sort of this beige brown, right? And we'll just write 1996 on it. 
And this will, have, you, have you ever heard of the, the metal band Sleep? No. They, they, they started the kind of, uh, I don't know what you call it. It's, it's super slow metal. So it's like it's like a sludge metal. A sludge. Metal. It might sure. be sludge. Sure. But I, I have one of their albums, and the entire album is a it's one song. It's an hour long. And and it's a concept album, or or I guess you you could call it concept song about marijuana. And it took them like five years to record. <laughs> and the process of recording it was so much fighting that they broke up. Wow. So this band has this concept album. About well, it's one song, an hour long, about pot, and now, like fifteen, twenty years later, it's now become this sort of classic. Yeah. In this weird esoteric corner, it does seem fitting that a song entirely about pot would be one hour long and take five years to record. I know, but I love that it destroyed the band. Yeah. And that's sort of what I'm saying about this album we're gonna do about Generation Wipe, or whatever we called it. Yeah, cyberwalking through the digital forest. This is a concept album, so specific, so ingenious, it's going to go down in some niche history. Yeah. And I just hit the table to really emphasize, really to put a period on. You banged on. your shoe on the table. Right. Like Khrushchev. I think it's legal now. It's a law. To bang your shoe on the table? No, it's, it's like that's how you pass a law in Smogville. When you make a really great point, if you hit your shoe on the table, I've heard this, we it then becomes that. law. We should visit the city council meetings and just see what's going on, because I got a lot of questions for Right, them. unless there's a raw egg under. If someone slips an egg under the shoe, then the, the law is thrown out. It's not passed. That guy with the painted on eyebrows and mustache <laughs> that kind of walks around like a... Yeah, with a basket of eggs. Uh-huh. <laughs> Hold it now and watch the hoodwink. As I make you stop think, you'll think you're looking at Aquaman. I summon fish to the dish, although I like the chalet Swiss. I like the sushi because it's never touched a frying pan. Okay. Now, you picture this. Think of a really nice hotel. Where do rock stars stay? Really swank hotels. There's models laying around. And you've got this kind of pudgy, porridgey white guy wearing just a towel. And just, you know, he looks hungover. He looks drug-addled. And he has this moment of inspiration grabs the pen and pad and thinks, this is just coming out of me. This, this, is, this is a gift. This is, why don't I rap? Mm-hmm. And then this is what he writes. I hope he was at the hotel and just, he was at the Chalet Swiss mm-hmm. and just looking around and all these things were coming to him. It was. It was, it was the, sushi, the old sushi platter from the night before from the party. Yeah. An it Aquaman. Was, it was an Aquaman comic. Yeah. That, that a grown man was reading, apparently, in this room. Hot like wasabi when I bust rhymes. Big like Leanne rhymes. That's a cheap shot. Yeah. Well, it's, it's actually low-hanging fruit. Right. Big like Leanne rhymes because I'm all about value. Bert Kampfert's got the mad hits. I don't know who Bert Kampfert is, but I'm assuming he's some sort of old-timey band leader. Mm-hmm. You try to match wits, you tried to hold me, but I bust through. Now, that's rap, because it's all about, like, confidence. Well, he's busting rhymes right mm-hmm. now. And that, this is pretty hardcore stuff. Gonna make a break and take a fake. That's great wordplay. That is. I'd like a stinking, aching shake. I like vanilla. It's the finest of the flavors. <laughs> and flavors, of course, is spelled with a U, because they're Canadian. They're Canadian. Wait a minute. A... a, a Stinky, stinky shake? What? Stinking, aching shake. Wow. That's, that's a low point so far. <laughs> a achy, stinking shake? What is that? What the hell? 
Got to see the show because then you'll know the vertigo is going to grow because it's so dangerous you'll have to sign a waiver. <laughs> this sounds like a rap on like an internet chat room of a 14-year-old boy that's, that has no friends, that's really dorky. I no. can't. <laughs> this is insane. And then the second rap. So then we're going back to some singing and some guitars. The right. second rap. Chickity China, the Chinese chicken. You have a drumstick and your brain stops ticking. It's not, it's not starts ticking? Stops. stops ticking. And then tying into the major theme of the episode, watching X-Files with no lights on, we're dans la maison. Okay. I hope the smoking man's in this one. Like Harrison Ford, I'm getting frantic. Like Sting, I'm tantric. Like Snickers, guaranteed to satisfy. Wow, I'm starting to think he's in the pocket of Big Candy and Big Sting. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Like, Kurosawa, I make mad films. Okay, I don't make films, but if I did, that have a samurai. Going to get a set I, of better I, I, clubs. I appreciate, I appreciate the honesty there. I, like, even in song form, he's not going to bullshit you. Yeah. He, he, he's not a filmmaker. No. But if he was. Right. It's kind of beautiful. Now let's talk about golf. Going to get a set of better clubs. Going to find the kind with tiny nubs just so my arms aren't always flying off the backswing. Wow. Yeah, that's really a bold move, incorporating golf into a rap. Well, let's go from golf to just being a pervert. Got to get in tune with Sailor Moon, because that cartoon has got the boom anime babes that make me think the wrong thing. Um, this is so he's the, golfing. The mask of sanity slips away a little bit. That's what it is. You, <laughs> yeah, we lose the mask of sanity. Like, I don't want to hear this dark side shit that, that what, what, bare naked ladies, even the band name, you know, a little perverted. Yeah. It's a, it's a public health crisis. It really is. Bare naked ladies, wow. frankly. Good thing they had that brown beige paper sack cover, so we don't have to worry about it being too graphic. Yeah. What could possibly be in that plain brown wrapper? <laughs> probably, is, probably is taxes. Wow. Right. All right. Well, I think it's time for our weekly movie roundup. Right. I think this is the first time we've done this. It, it, it might be, but it's time. <laughs> yeah. So there's that big movie. You saw it. I didn't. Okay. I, was, I wasn't looking forward to, to, to this week's movie. Deadpool. De- yeah, Deadpool. I'm, I'm not a huge Deadpool fan. I, I've, I've always sort of found him a little annoying. Although once he got really famous, I went back to my comic book collection and some scumbag roommate or my scumbag brother, I don't know who, the only issue of the new mutants missing was the first appearance of Deadpool. So someone went through my comics and took that one comic. I could be a millionaire right now. That actually is worth something. It is. It? Yeah, yeah. Hundreds. Yeah. It was a few. I bet right now it's worth a hell of a lot more. Yeah. I could ask Sean. He's, he's a big eBay comic guy. I don't want to ask him. I don't want to know because it, cause I still am going to track this person down. So, but I was never a huge fan. As a child, I loved Colossus. And in, in all these X-Men movies that have come out in the last 10 or so years, every time Colossus has shown up for his bit role, he's been basically Zack from Saved by the Bell. He's been some California teenager with blonde hair. Oh, I see. I thought you meant because he was always talking to the camera. Well, that, that, that does tie into Deadpool, actually. That's right. Colossus, but, Colossus is a big, powerful, strong Russian who can turn his skin into metal. Organic steel, right? more specifically. And, but the, th- the big thing about Colossus is he is so Russian. He's, he's a farmer. That he, you know, uh, he, he's very much 
they're, they're playing up that proletariat type Soviet Russian, right? The worker. And I love that. But he has like this gentle soul. He's a painter. As a child, I really loved Colossus. And so the only reason I really agreed to see it was, was to see Colossus, although I had started hearing pretty good reviews. And it is, it is pretty funny, and it's pretty clever, and Ryan Reynolds is pretty great, and I do love the very Ferris Bueller breaking the fourth wall. So he spends most of the movie talking to the camera. That sounds kind of annoying to me. It, it does, but they sort of... I, I'm amazed they pulled it off, because I thought I would be really irritated by him. But they gave Deadpool actually a lot of heart. They, made, they explained why he's the way he is in ways that weren't... I don't know. It, it almost seems like a, a cop-out. They didn't go completely insa- insanity and completely like psychopathic. They made him more like this, this kind of Phantom of the Opera, sort of like freak mm. with a heart of gold kind of thing. That's kind of what the most recent comic book run did. Did it? Yeah. Are you, and I enjoyed him Uncanny X-Force, but Rick Remender still played up the fact that he's basically a psychopath mm-hmm. and very unstable. So in this, he was more like a guy. I don't know. They, they, did, they did a good job. I really quite enjoyed it. I was very pleased with, with Colossus. And then they had a character named Negasonic Teenage Warhead, I think oh, it was. Yeah. And this is a, a character Grant Morrison made up during his new X-Men days. But I, in like I've, the early 2000s. Early 2000s, yeah. right after kind of the first X-Men movie is when Grant Morrison kind of took the X-Men in this weird direction. <coughs> very weird. Very weird. But I, I love Grant Morrison. And, and, but I, I don't remember this character for some reason. And she's, she's just a nice touch. She basically is a, a warhead. She blows up. But, like, but she doesn't blow up. It's like she's the center of an explosion. And so it, it makes sense. She's teamed up with Colossus. And the whole movie has a, it has a, basically, a, not a lot happens. He, he has a, kind of a fight on a freeway and then a fight at this kind of helicarrier scrapyard or something. And besides that, it's, most of the movie is flashbacks. It's him explaining like how we got to this point. And so it's, 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 hmm. it's filmed in a very kind of, almost like Pulp Fiction or something, where it's all out of order. Or the movie's told in flashbacks. I don't know a good example of that, actually. Anyway, it was good. I, I quite liked it. I was shocked. It's, it's pretty funny. So if anyone pays attention to Sundance, uh, there's a very hyped film, not this year, but a year ago, Sundance 2015, called The Witch. And anyone that saw it at Sundance was saying, just you wait for this to come out. Uh, a lot of people are calling it their favorite film of 2015 or, or whatever. Um, so I saw that. I'm not huge on scary movies. I like them. They scare generally. me. Oh, okay, that's... Wow, they're, they're very functional. <laughs> yeah, definitely. They do, they do what they, they set out to do then. Yeah. In, so, uh, so what movies really scare you? Someone What's asked, a big one? You know, someone asked me this just last night. Like, okay, well then what, what would be a scary movie for you? Um... Any movies where there's a car crash is too scary for me. Okay. I don't want to see a car crash movie. I don't know. Paranormal Activity 2 was really, really had me on edge. Paranormal Activity 2? Yeah, not the first one, but the second one. Is that where, or are they in a house and there's like a hidden camera? And yeah, where they through, film it, yeah. They're pulling your blankets off and stuff? Yeah, yeah. That I really saw one of those me. that almost scared me. Yeah. Um, uh, Ghost Ship, that was really scary. Is that the one where there's that, everyone gets beheaded? Uh-huh. 
That was pretty good. It was really scary. It was gross. That first scene was cool. Yeah. Uh, I like The Haunting from 1961. So ghost stuff scares you. Ghost, I guess ghost stuff. Well, I don't know. Just I'm not a big ghost me. person. Uh, any, anything involving accidents, and that could be any movie, that's something that really is going to scare me. Like not in a fun way. Ghost movies can kind of be like, oh, the ghost. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, like a kid getting hit by a car. I'm thinking like Pet Cemetery. Pet Cemetery. Yeah. Like that's not really <laughs> that roller coaster kind of feeling you want. It's just. <laughs> a child's dead. Yeah. But I got hit by a semi. No. No, no. Mm-mm. Yeah. No. Pass. Okay. So The Witch uh, takes place in 1636, I think. Old school. Old school. Um, in, in where? In like New England? In or? New England. Uh, it was, it's called a, The Witch, A New England Folky Tale. So it's very Salem, kind of witch trials yeah, style. Yeah. And, it, and I guess this is like 50 years before that Salem stuff even happened. It's a good thing it finally came then. Yeah. So for reasons unknown, uh, it opens up. This guy is uh, appearing before a court. So we don't know why he's being judged. And he makes this big speech about God and how they came over on the ship. And, and he's like, no, me and my family are out of here. Screw you guys and your little safe settlement and fence. <laughs> so they just hop on their wagon and ride and just get a farm at the edge of the woods. Oh, lovely. Yeah, and then wackiness ensues. I will say this about it. The score is phenomenal. The music's phenomenal. What, what's it like? Otherworldly. Okay. Otherworldly demonic voices, strings. You know, your typical, like violins getting louder and louder, but there's something about it, whatever the composer did. It's not annoying. It's not like grating. It's almost... No, it is, but in a, like a tension, scary kind of way. Okay. He was, the composer must have been doing something with like weird time signatures and notes that don't go together or right, something, because right. it was really creepy. Um, all the actors are great, especially the kid actors. Okay, wow. Um, I was distracted the entire movie trying to figure out who in Game of Thrones the adults played. And that's not because I recognize them from Game of Thrones, but I just thought there's no way they haven't been on Game of Thrones. And they both have. Oh, who are they? Uh, it was Dagmar Cleft Jaw. That, that doesn't even sound... That sounds like a cartoon character. He's, he's one he of the, a He-Man villain? He's one of the Ironborn okay. that kind of makes fun of Theon, and Theon thinks he's with him, and then he just ditches Theon. Is he the one that hits Theon on the head? Yeah, after when their winter fell. Yeah, okay. He's I like, know. who's with me? And he's just like, bah, I'm out of here. You're okay, the so he, he's in Witch. Yeah, and then uh, Lysa Aaron, the sister that breastfeeds her 10-year-old. Oh, one of my favorites. Yeah. She's great. She seems fun. Yeah. Kind of a little high, a little on the high-strung side. Yeah, she's like that in this. She has a breastfeeding scene in this, too, so she that's kind of her thing. Maybe yeah. that's... God, really? Yeah. Maybe that's, you know, hashtag free the breast or something. Yeah. yeah. We need it more in films, horror films. <laughs> so uh, in the atmosphere, too, it definitely felt like I was like, wow, it's like I'm in 1636 all over again. Mm-hmm. I thought it was boring as shit. <laughs> <laughs> wow. How, how long was it? Or was it like I don't know. 80 minutes? It's not even a lot. I film. think it was tight. We, we went to the 2.30 showing. I was 10 minutes late and still saw about 15 minutes of previews. Okay. And I think we were out before. I think by the time I got to my car after chatting and kind of meandering and using the bathroom, I think it was 4.30 when I got back to my car. Oh, wow. So it is boring. So it's about an hour and a half maybe. What are the, are the long shots of, of trees I'm picturing? 
there's a lot of that. There's only, I think, two scenes that are even intended to be scary. Uh-huh. And I didn't think they were scary. That's a problem. Yeah. And I'm a scaredy cat. Why, why do you think it... Well, why are people all hyped up about this? Though? I have theories. Um, there's a lot of... It's mostly about like faith and the nature of faith, and we got to believe in this, and oh. and like how your faith is so strong, you'll even turn on your young child because you believe, and you know everyone's okay. a sinner. There's a conversation about, you know, this little baby is he going to hell? He's a baby. And, you know, we're, we're all born with sin. The, Only this, Jesus can save us. This is one of those sin. things like, and that uh, appeals to people. That's not really my my. Brain. Yeah, I was I was gonna yeah. say that like, if you watch the ex- the Exorcist as a child, I heard was the most terrifying movie ever filmed yeah. and stuff. But it's only really scary if you're really Catholic. Yeah. And so if you're a little less religious, it might not, it might not be as terrifying. And even um, the X-Files and the other show that I did, Millennium, all have really like, strong Catholic themes, which you know, a lot of people are going to identify, like, that's going to resonate with people. Right. There's, there's a little, yeah. yeah. Um, I also think most horror movies are just so big on gore and shock value and splatter and cheap production values and bad acting, that when something comes along that isn't that, you're automatically going to give it like three or four extra points. Just because oh. it is different, it is really well made. Well, I mean, it's, late, re- it's a well-made movie. Lately, sure. all horror movies have just, just been 90 minutes of the money shot. Yeah, This all started with Hostel, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Before? The Saw. W- oh, Saw. I, I was going to say, what's his hand gesture yeah, if you of a hand going back and forth? If you Saw see, before that? Yeah, if you couldn't see what had just happened, I had leaned back in my chair to have a sip of water, and with my mouth full, I was trying to make a, He's doing a sawing saw. gesture with my good. hand. This is actually on me that, that I didn't recognize the universal sign for saw. Yeah. Was saw before hostile? I think so, yeah. I think saw really was the one that kicked it off. Saw kind of kicked it off, but hostile really got to be like, why even bother with a plot when yeah. you can just have someone's Achilles heel being sliced with a razor blade, clo- like a really close-up shot? Yeah. Or you can have someone's throat slit or just, you know, let's spend all the money on the blood squirting out and nothing on an actual story. Yeah. And then, you know, it's all clown masks and heavy metal music and fast cuts. So this, this, is, this is kind of more back to Psycho. Yeah, you know, like very a, slow burn and that kind of thing. So I, I can get why people liked it. I mean, I like was it. just, yeah, you might. I was just so bored. And you know what else might not have helped, too, is Chewbacca was sitting behind me. <laughs> yeah. The whole movie, I, I mean... That can be distracting. Yeah. Wookiees, so, so why was this Wookiee there? I don't know. Why, why does a Wookiee go to a movie? That's not oh, a joke. Yeah. There's no punchline. Yeah, how do you stop a Wookiee? But so, the, so, you know, quiet scene of like, oh, well, let's go check on the goat. There's a way rad goat in the movie. Okay. Really good goat actor. Of all, greatest of all time, you'd say? I'd say the goat was the goat, yeah. Wow, okay. So, oh, let's go check on the goat. It's really slowly creep towards the... Music, and then this guy is sitting directly behind me. It's pretty incredible. Yeah. If you want to, like, how often do you hear a human being clear his throat? Yeah, almost never. Right. But if you want to hear it in full stereo, go to a movie. Mm-hmm. A movie is apparently I missed the memo where if you have to clear your throat, go to a movie. That is so true. I've been to so many movies where someone is clearing their their goddamn throat for 90 minutes. And then, yeah, and I wanted to say, listen, if this is your condition, you just don't get to go to movies. Right. Is is that so unfair? Yeah. You know, it's it's just... Like, oh, you couldn't find a sitter for your eight-month-old? 
I guess you don't get to go to a movie tonight. I know. Poor you. Stay home. Yeah. You, 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 you chose this miracle. Well, now deal with your miracle. <laughs> then when he finally walked out, he, he was maybe a 90-year-old man. Why is he even seeing a scary movie? His but heart I... can't handle it. <laughs> yeah. This is, this, that was pretty much, you watched someone try to commit suicide. <laughs> that's maybe what it was. I think that's illegal. Yeah. Oh, and then also, okay, so maybe bad, bad theater experience. I always hear horror stories about bad theater experiences. I rarely have them. I seem like I only... And this isn't I, even a horror story. It's just mildly annoying. To so, me, that's a horror story. Yeah, so Chewbacca behind me, then it's that auditorium seating. The little lower half, there's only two people sitting down there. So everyone in the theater has a view of these two people who are both on their cell phones the whole time. No way. Yeah, and it, it's so bright, and you can't miss it, especially a movie where you're trying to, like... Be enveloped by the you movie. Got, you should have tattled. Well, then know. some guy yells, put away the cell phone! Right. But that didn't help because then I got all anxious that there was going to be a shooting. Right. Because we live in a world where I can't go to a movie without being afraid of a shooting. <laughs> That's not even a joke. That's I, like just how it is. It's so weird. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's such a strange world. How did it, did it come to this? No, it's not out of... I mean, this could be ripped from the headlines is... Then the person on the cell phone stands up and goes, make me. Right. And then they say, you're an asshole. Oh, I'm, I'm an asshole. And, they, and then what I didn't realize is everyone besides me in public is armed. Mm-hmm. I, w- I was walking around in this crazy kind of like fantasy world where we're all just, there's a social contract. We've all agreed that we're, we're going to work together, live in these cities, not have crime. Yeah. But then every single person but me had kind of like a crossies behind their back and was like, well, I'm <laughs> going to carry something that can kill everybody. <laughs> <laughs> At all times. Which, frankly, was, was a good strategy. It is a good strategy, because yeah. look who's going to get shot. You. Yeah. You, the, the innocent dumbass. Yeah. You, you pack heat. It's kind of on you. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't play the game. I don't know. Do you win or you die. <laughs> the, yeah, the Game of Thrones. The Game of Thrones. The Game of Movies. The game, yeah, the Game of Witch. Yeah. So anyway, I was mildly annoyed in the movie, but also it was just um, just a lot of... Oh, and kind of hard to understand. Just a lot of talking. But, you know, this is what God wants. I stole the cup and went into the woods and did it. And you so don't believe in Jesus. So they're going very authentic. Like, they're trying to do a real yeah. New England Americans in, in the woods. Yeah. With nobody around. And then one thing I thought, and I'll, I'll be spoiling the movie. Okay. So it's a fairly new movie. I feel kind of bad about it, but not really. Just put your fingers in your ears for a couple minutes is I thought okay maybe what it's trying to do is show us like the nature of paranoia and fear and how this oh one of those lessons right you oh. know and that I, and like maybe that's the maybe the real scary thing isn't that there might be a witch out there it's like look what happens to this family the witch is in your heart yeah the witch was right here all along because it does do that I mean everyone's it's this whole family, and they're all taking turns pointing to each other, like, you're the witch, 12-year-old. No, no, the seven-year-old's the witch. Really? And then the dad, like, which one of you is the witch? Which is the witch? Which witch is which? Which witch is the witch? And then the top that scene was really out of place. The top hat scene? Top that, when he started saying top that. <laughs> That's the second week in a row I've referenced top that on the show. Do you even know what I'm talking about? Teen witch? Okay, forget it. Our listeners know. I, I, I keep hearing top hat. Yeah. Who's got my top hat? Which witch is wearing a top hat? It's yeah. kind of more of like, it's a fun little game. Yeah. So I thought maybe that could be an interesting way to go is, you know, they all kill each other or whatever because of this supposed threat. But then there actually were witches. 
So their paranoia was founded. Right. And their suspicion was, was very founded. Yeah, definitely. Well, that's just going to make me more anxious. Yeah, I mean, go see it and judge for yourself. I can't, I'm clearly in the vast minority on this. Mm-hmm. Vast minority is not <laughs> correct to say. Here in Smogville, you are in the vast minority. <laughs> vast minority. So I wouldn't worry about that. Yeah. I, 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 that makes total sense to me. Sure. In the context of this beautiful, smoggy city. Yeah. But uh, so anyway, that's our, our movie roundup. Um, right. But let's move on to definitely our most popular segment. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called Late to the Party. Ooh. This is where we watch something that is available on streaming. Right. Since most blockbuster stores have closed. This is something you can get on your computer or smart tele- television. It's kind of amazing. I, there was a blockbuster open as recently, right across the street when I lived in San Diego, like three years ago or two years ago. Yeah. There was a blockbuster. I never yeah. went in it, but I always kept thinking, this thing is hanging on still? Yeah. So, but now it's been. Now we've, we've got to watch these things on our our Netflixies. Yeah, our Netflix and chill. <laughs> I hate that. I hate Netflix and chill. You prefer Amazon Prime and commitment, right? I'm an old fashioned kind of uh, digital streaming service and relaxed position <laughs> advocate. Hulu and recline. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm 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 more of a Napster and rocking chair. <laughs> Napster and rocking chair. Yeah, I see your Generation X. Is that Generation? I thought that's uh, not Generation Butt Wipe. No, no Generation Wipe. They're oh, ne- they're they're, they're Netflix. Well, what was the other one? No, because Gen- on? Generation. Wipe oh no, it was Generation. Like it was Generation Garbage, right? Yeah, but they're like ten years from now. Generation Garbage. So they're not. There won't even be. Netflix oh, so they're like then. Psychic Link and Seashells. Yeah, Psychic Link and Seashells. Yeah. Okay, got yeah. it. So, so the millennials are the ones chilling on the Netflix. Yeah. Okay, got it. So there's a program available streaming on the internet that I like to watch. I used to watch it and talk about it on podcast shows. I'm, I got through the first season and a couple episodes into the second season. I just kind of ran out of time. I stopped watching it. I lost my flow. I'd really like to get watching it again and start talking about it. And I don't know if this is true, but I think the segments where I would talk about this inspired a whole other podcast. I would, at, at the very least, you could say that. Or possibly as a coincidence. But I'm talking about the 80s show, well, that continues I, almost to this day, Degrassi, the Degrassi series. Degrassi. Produced in Toronto, Toronto, Ontario. From where the bare naked ladies are sort of from. Could be. They might could, be. Could possibly be. Started with the kids of Degrassi Street in the early 80s. Then that morphed into Degrassi Junior High for three seasons. Those kids carried over to Degrassi High. Oh, wow. Many years go by, and then we've got Degrassi, The Next Generation, which literally has the same actors from the junior high and high school as parents now. No way. Yeah, some of them, not all of them, like maybe some of them are teachers even. It's almost eerie. It almost sounds like some, some college like study, like Harvard study on aging. Oh, they've just been trapped for this whole time in yeah, their Degrassi part- contract? I guess so. Were there, were there, can you imagine what your life has become if you're filming a kid's show, then you're filming a teen show, then... You're an adult filming as an adult. It's it's like your entire life is this surreal mirror to a television show. Yeah, and a lot of the actors kind of use their real names too. Even so, that's even scarier. Yeah. So it blurs the reality that all those actors are headbutting mirrors right now. You know, <laughs> screaming and stuff, yeah. clawing their own face. And then Degrassi menopause is coming next. Then Degrassi, you know, golden days. And then go- Degrassi uh, kick. I don't know what kick is, but that's probably what. School will be like. Well, so. it's kicking the bucket. 
we're following yeah. these same people, right? It's going to be Degrassi. Well, no, because then home. we've gotten the next generation. Well, it's going to be a different spinoff. When yeah. You, when you watch Degrassi Death. Degrassi Death. Where it's all the original actors. Snap that band. Act- oh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> I have a rubber band on my wrist that I snap when I when I get off topic. <laughs> yeah. So Degrassi uh, Junior High tackled a lot of issues. Every episode had an issue. And I just, I'm, I don't know. It might not make sense if anyone wasn't around the first time when I was talking about this. I have this weird fascination with the show. I kind of love it. I actually kind of care about the characters. It's also just ridiculous enough mm-hmm. that I can watch it a little bit tongue-in-cheek. It's not full MST3K where I'm like, oh, this is so stupid. The fat kid's a bad actor. So, so I can kind of watch it with a little bit of a smirk, but I actually like it, if that makes sense. I think that's beautiful. I think, I think that's kind of like I, my favorite kind of thing. I think in the world. it's my favorite kind of media too, where you yeah. where you laugh at it and love it sincerely in the same emotion. And we've been talking about wrestling all the time too. It's the same with that. It's kind of how the original Star Trek is for me too. Yeah, which I love the goofiness, and then I sincerely love it. Yeah, and the goofiness is part of what I love. But right. Yeah, but every episode Godzilla movies I've been watching. Oh, those. totally. Yeah, that's straight up every Godzilla movie. Yeah. I, I would take a bullet for, but at the same time, it's garbage. So, so every episode tackles some sort of issue um, and really serious stuff. And even, like, I don't think kids' television in America was quite going this far. Progressive. Yeah, really progressive. I mean, one of the first episodes, uh, one of the girls... Now, this rumor goes around that one of their teachers is a lesbian. Wow. And, and then one of the girls, like, sort of has a dream about it and then is worried she's a lesbian. And, and it's handled and in a really George mature Costanza kind of And then George Costanza is afraid he's a lesbian. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Catches on. But I didn't even know what the word lesbian meant until I was like nineteen. What year or is this? So what? What was nineteen eighty seven? This this is the original series you're watching. Yeah, the original series. So this is nineteen eighty seven. They're talking. Yeah. Wow, that is, it's kind of crazy. This is before Ellen DeGeneres and all those shows. Yeah, and um, you know ones where they're doing drugs or one where, uh, they go to meet the soap opera star that they like and he tries to hit on these junior high girls and that's oh, a wow. whole thing. Yeah. Uh, there's one where... This is hard-hitting stuff. It really is. Oh, there's a great one where they're going to... I talked about this on our old podcast, Pete's Party Podcast, where Yik Yu, the mm. exchange student, and Arthur, the fat kid, they find a porno, and they're trying to watch it. Oh, this is epic. And they're trying to coordinate this awkward thing where they watch it. What was the name of that movie? The porno movie? Yeah. Yeah, um, we, we talked about it on our old podcast. We it did, was, because... It was it, beautiful. Yeah. Oh, Swamps. <laughs> Swamp Sex Robots. <laughs> so Yikyu gets a VHS of Swamp Sex Robots. That's, that sounds like a hell of a movie. Yeah. Wow. Swamp Sex Robots. Yeah. And, and the, Is there know, the, a teenage boy in the world that doesn't want to watch that movie? Just there, based on the title. Yeah. And there's, there's this whole fiasco, and it ends with, with Arthur finally realizing it's not going to happen. And he goes, so long, Swamp Sex Robots. So it's a tearjerker also. You also go yeah. emotionally removed at that point. Yeah. Wow. So, uh, yeah, I mean, lots of stuff. I mean, you name any issue, any issue. Shyness. There. Shoplifting. Anorexia. Anorexia, of course. Teenage pregnancy. Drug that's, use. That's kind of the Prescription drug one. use. How prescription, about that? Prescription drug, e- drug use. Even yeah. that. Uh, dating. Uh, um, how about roofies? I bet. I mean, I'm, I, it's going to be on there. there. It It'll sounds like there. it. Yeah. Uh, so the one I watched, I'm I'm picking this back up. I'd like to, if you'll allow me, to talk about it every week, if if you if the fans want to hear it. Uh, so I watched episode 18, 
uh, which is season two, episode five, Stage Fright. That's about shyness and epilepsy. Mm-hmm. Following that, episode 19, season two, episode six, Fight. Uh-oh. Yeah. Now, this is, uh, let, me, let me just get my notes here. Joey Jeremiah is like the cool guy in Degrassi Junior High. You know how you know he's cool? Sunglasses. The Hawaiian shirt. <laughs> the fedora. The denim vest. <laughs> All together? All together. Hawaiian shirt and fedora. Wow. And denim vest. I can't even picture him, actually. Yeah. So he's like this fast talker, schemer. Okay. Uh, he plays in a band called Zit Remedy with Snake and Wheels. Wow. Um, That's a pretty 80s-sounding band. So we start with Joey skateboarding around, and then this guy I've never seen before, Dwayne, comes and just shoves him off his skateboard, tears the Hawaiian shirt. And Joey, oh. Joey goes, wait, you did that on purpose. Like, cool guys, you know, yeah. are like that. Yeah, you did that on purpose, and Dwayne goes, you talk too much. Ooh. Now let me paint a picture of Dwayne for you, because if there's ever a classic bully, camouflage pants tucked into combat boots. <laughs> okay. Black sleeveless shirt. Now, are we going with a flat top or a mullet? We're going mullet. Okay. With a headband. Oh, so we're like almost like Cobra Kai or something. Yeah, and he's huge and just this Donkey Kong-looking kid. He's okay. like a 13-year-old kid. <laughs> and uh, now it's a little nuanced. They keep saying uh, he's in AD, and I am just going to logic my way through that, that that's maybe classes for the slower learners. Okay. I That's why it's presented. I don't know what AD stands for. I guess for. that too. Or, or like troublemakers. Yeah. Maybe. We called it resource yeah. in elementary school. So Joey Jeremiah is with his band in the bathroom, and he starts doing all these Yamama jokes about Dwayne. Like, oh, the, the D stands for dozer. Ooh. And we called him a dozer. Wow. That's, that's, wow. Yeah. So, I'll, you know, oh, he's so dumb, he needs a stick of dynamite to blow his nose and stuff like that. That's, Classic Yamama jokes. That's... <laughs> of course, they leave the bathroom, pan to underneath the stall, and you see a rumpled pair of camouflage pants oh. and boots. So poor Dwayne was in there just trying to enjoy it. Dump. Yes, he's just trying to have a dozer. Yeah. And then... <laughs> Gets called a dozer. They're, t- they're talking about his mama. Yeah. So, and then we see another side of Dwayne, which is really interesting. There's this tiny little kid named Scooter, mm-hmm. who's just really little. And then we see Dwayne, he's kind of struggling with his locker. Dwayne comes and helps him. Scooter oh. says, thanks, do you want a cheesy, which is a Cheeto. Uh, yeah. And he's like, oh, thanks. And, they, and you know, Scooter really looks up to him. So later, he's, he's nuanced. Yeah, later, Scooter finds that someone has thrown his lunch on top of the lockers. Too, Dwayne, high, too high for any short kid. Yeah, he's really tiny. Dwayne picks him up. Helps him get his lunch, and then he's like, that was fun, do it again. So Dwayne's swinging this kid over his head. <laughs> that is fun. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then he's, like, flexing, and the kid's feeling his muscle. It's a really weird scene. <laughs> but then Dwayne, has got, he's got to fight Joey. Joey Jeremiah. Ba- uh, wait. Based on that? Oh, based on the on shit the, talking? On the insults he heard. Okay. Yeah, in the bathroom. Now, our, our, uh, our subplot, there's a girl named Stephanie who's, there's not really a lead, but she might be the closest. Okay. In the first episode, she ran for class president by promising a kiss for anyone that voted for her. Whoa. Yeah. And then She's got my vote. There's a big line to kiss yeah. her afterwards. I'm sure. And she was kind of like a smart girl who sold out to be popular. Um, so she pretends to be dumb and, you know, dresses a little uh, uh, immodestly. Wow. And she's in love with this dude and decides the best thing to do is she, she doctors the heel of her shoe. So when Simon walks by, she's going to fall down and say, oh, no, my ankle, and then he's going to fall in love with her. 
because oh. dudes love a damsel in distress. Yeah, that's very Florence Nightingale, but for but a man. Yeah, but that so that backfires. Um, Scooter tries to stop Dwayne from. They're, they're going to fight in a park at a set time. So every, it's just, oh, you're going to go to the fight? Yeah, okay. it's a very very business like fight. I love it. Scooter tries to stop him. He's like, why are you going to go fight Joey Jeremiah? What's beating him up going to prove? And Dwayne goes, it'll feel good. It's hard to argue. Yeah. No, he doesn't even do it like that. He kind of smirks like, mm, feel good. Feel good. And here's where the show shocked me and why, why it's a great show. So they show up for the fight. And I'm expecting Dwayne to look at Scooter and, and be like, oh, you're not worth it. Right. Or Joey will learn courage. You know, Joey will stand up. He's like, oh, you're, you, you're courageous. I respect that. What do you think happens? <laughs> I, I I guess they fight. There's from, a big brutal from, fight from the way you're leading yeah, into this. There's a there's a big horrific so brutal it's, fist fight. It's like it's like Roddy Roddy Piper and they live. They just fist fight for 20 minutes. Yeah, and the, and I thought because the whole show is about like sort of teaching lessons. No, I, you know what? I'm gonna take that back. The show really isn't about teaching lessons. It's about the complexity of teenage life. It right? kind of is, and maybe that's why I like it so much. Maybe because it never beats you over the head with it. Like, oh, I guess I learned with, like, that the obvious moral. Yeah, like everything's got more nuance and grayer. Because there's a lot of episodes that end like on a really down note, like a Law and Order. Kind yeah, of. and this always fascinates me because the music is so bouncy and bubbly. Uh huh. So it always ends like, "No, Timmy, I'm afraid you're going to have to deal with the consequences. There's no way back from this one." A little jarring. Yeah. So no, it's so Joey's kind of getting the best of him using his speed and and smarts and kind of dodging these haymakers, but eventually Dwayne connects and it's like he's punching him in his face and like you see him all bloody and it sounds scary. Wow. And and then Scooter walks away in disgust and that's the end of that chapter. Gosh. Yeah. That sounds. You know, it's I very ju- well choreographed that fight. Something I just realized while you were saying that is I have known about Ryan Reynolds since the time I was a, a kid. Oh yeah, he was in a Canadian kind of Degrassi style show called Fifteen that was on Nickelodeon. I remember that, and he was in the band. He was one of the rebels in in whatever in Pimple Remedy or whatever, whatever their version of it was. Yeah, and I just. Because I remember when Van Wilder came out, I was like, holy shit. It's the kid from 15. Yeah. He's in Hollywood. And now to see him as Deadpool, you're like, I feel like I've watched my son grow up. (laughs) Or my my father. Yeah. Or both. (laughs) Well. So think about that in a conspiracy sort of Area 801 kind of way. Oh, conspiracies, you say. Conspiracies. Watching. Oh, anyway, if you want to watch Degrassi Junior High along with me, it's on YouTube. They're all on YouTube. Oh, lovely! Yeah, uh, but speaking of shows that are on Netflix and Hulu, well, let's let's. I, I think we need to, to kind of keep that conspiracy for later and talk about the bigger conspiracy, which we've got a letter about. Last week we discussed the X Files, right? Um, I did put a call out on my Facebook to get some people's UFO stories. Well, the truth is out there. Is what we decided by the end of the episode beforehand. Right. The, the truth is out there, and we wanted to find it and believe. So we got a letter here from Susie Hansen. Okay. And if I can just publicly say this, Susie is a friend of mine, uh, lives in Las Vegas, did me a huge favor last summer. You remember uh, when my car broke down in Vegas and I had to leave it behind. You I were was, there. I was with you. Yeah. Anyway, she really helped me out in that uh, scenario. 
So now, now I, I noticed you're, her. That, you, that you're winking through this entire story because this actually came through un, like servers that can't be traced, th- weird email ad- addresses you didn't even know you had. Like There's, this is pretty black ops kind of you know stuff. You're trying to imply that there is no Susie Hansen and that I've made this all up, right? Imply. Right, and then if if I wink while you are implying something, that even adds another layer to the conspiracy. But it's not made up; it's true. Uh, wink. Right, I'm winking too. We're both winking. Yeah. So what? what okay. So what is this? What is this correspondence? Uh, so this is a long email. I've not read this in advance, so we're both kind of hearing this for the first time. All right, rip the envelope off. Let's see it. When I was about eight or nine years old, my older brothers were left in charge of babysitting me while my parents went out one evening. That night, we watched a special on TV. Remember specials? I do. Mm -hmm. Called UFO Cover-Up. Until that evening, I've never given aliens or UFOs much thought, but after seeing interview after interview of people claiming to have been abducted, not only was I terrified, I was a believer. Oh. Little did my brothers know that letting me watch such a frightening program at such an impressionable young age led to a lifetime of insomnia. I was afraid as soon as I fell asleep, those giant-headed aliens would come and get me. At night, when I closed my eyes, I saw all the spooky artist renderings or sketches from the victims themselves of those long, skinny bodies, enormous teardrop-shaped eyes, and a mouth so cruel I knew it was incapable of smiling. Oh, God. I can see it now in my my closed eyes, in my winking eyes. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. Finally, when I was about 15, something clicked inside of me, and fear turned to fascination. Fascination into playful obsession. To this day, I'm always being gifted little alien figurines that I save in a shoebox and think about fondly from time to time. I was always scanning the Utah skies, hopefully that I'd catch a glimpse of something unusual. From time to time, I did see a bright light or an object moving that didn't quite look like an airplane, but I had to move to Las Vegas to see something really special. Wow. She's, she is at, like, ground zero. Yeah, she's this in the heart is, of it. Area this 51. is Area 51 yeah. territory. November, around 2004, 2005, my sister-in-law, Elizabeth, and I were out shopping for her birthday. We were driving northbound on Eastern Avenue when both of us gasped. Right above this very busy road was a completely stationary ball of electric green light. How, that, I want to let that sink in. Is this in, in Nevada? Yeah, well, Eastern Road Avenue. That's not Vegas, is it? baby. Wow. It was huge and appeared to be about the same height as the airplanes descending into McCarran Airport, which was very close by. But it was green. Yeah, our ball of green light hung in the sky above us, completely motionless for about five seconds before dropping in elevation and then disappearing. The entire thing lasted less than 10 seconds. Uh, actually, let me rephrase that. She said the entire encounter. Because there are. From, very, I from, believe that's a close encounter of the first kind. Is it? I don't know what what what, what do we have to do, to do to get to the third kind. I think the third kind you got to talk to an alien. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. The first kind is seal a light. The second kind is make a pile of potatoes. Yeah, and then the third, third kind, kind is actually touching. Or is it just talking to them? Just seeing them firsthand. I think that might be it. Yeah. Maybe or, second is seeing them, and then third is like interacting with them. God, that's terrifying. Yeah, it is. So the mashed potatoes aren't even on there. That's no, that's, that's that's not even first that's, kind. That's one A. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the uh, last about ten seconds after which we both began the predictable sputtering of "Did you see? Please tell me you saw that too." They both saw it then. So yeah. they both gasped. They both saw it. That kind of adds a, a, a layer of kind of creepiness. Uh, it was pretty cool. But what makes the story even more interesting is the fact that I saw that same ball of light several years later in a completely different part of town with a different person. Around 2010 or 11, my eldest sister Michelle and I were sitting in the backyard of my house out in the southwest side of Las Vegas. 
We were having a chat when suddenly above us was the same green light. Like last time, it hovered over us, but unlike the other, after hovering for a few seconds, it shot off into the night like a shooting star before vanishing. Wow. This is kind of incredible. To further add to the intrigue of this experience, a few weeks later, I watched an episode of Faked or Fact, a show that attempts to debunk internet reports of paranormal or supernatural events. This episode featured Area 51, and three of the hosts hiked up Tikaboo Peak to see if they could see anything interesting on the mysterious base. Most of their time was uneventful as they looked down on Area 51, but right as they were about to call it quits, they noticed the landing strip lighting up like the base was expecting an arriving aircraft. Just as they finished lighting up the runway, an enormous green orb hovered over the landing strip, but rather than land, took off like a flash into the night sky. It was the exact same thing I'd witnessed twice before. So what was it? A new aircraft being worked on at Area 51? Why didn't it land there? To this day, it remains a mystery, but of all the unusual things I've seen in the sky, it's still my favorite. Is that the end of the, of the message? That's the end of the transmission. You can burn it and then eat it. Mm-hmm. We can't have this fall into the wrong hands, first of all. No. And, and so I guess she doesn't elaborate that. Uh, I just... Now, in, in UFO lore, too, the green orb is a classic one. The is very it, first is UFOs... The... I was going to say, has, has this been corroborated by other people in the area seeing the same thing? I think it's a, I mean, the so-called Foo Fighters were green mm. orbs. Were they? Yeah. I didn't know I think, that. I don't know if they were green. They were orbs. Green okay. orbs, though, are... Explain what one. Foo Fighters means in that context. Yeah. Because it's not the... It's a rock and roll not... band fronted by a saint. It, yeah, the man is a saint. It's not Saint Grohl who every day shows us how he's just like us. And so he's so down to earth, he'll give toilet paper to his neighbor. Or he'll, he'll wear a hat, a green hat that a kid made for him, and the kid's sick or something, and has always loved the Foo Fighters. This is St. Grohl. No, no, we're talking about Foo Fighters pre-grunge. Yeah, it was in World War II, some of the high-altitude bomber pilots reported uh, strange floating orbs that they thought were German in origin and referred to as Foo Fighters. Like, I don't know what foo. Why foo? Because you pity the foo that goes up against American fighter pilots. That's right. That's, That's how I've always right. taken it. Foo, yeah. These are foo fighters. Uh, a lot of the green orb stuff I'm finding on my very cursory search is ghost-related versus UFO-related. But I know that green orbs are a thing. Well, you, also, who's to say that aliens aren't ghosts? Oh, shit. Let's just, let's just make this even scarier. These are ghost extraterrestrials. Could be. That's why they're here and not on their alien homeland. Right, because they died here in a crash landing, or they were tortured to death at Area 51, and now they are haunting Area 51. Oh, man. Maybe, maybe down on, on the base, guys are going, did you turn on the, the lights for the landing strip? No, I thought you did. Well, who's landing? No one lands now ever since the accident. But at 10, 15 p.m., remember when that green ship used to always land? <gasps> And then it's all the, it's every single soldier is found dead, clutching their heart because they were so scared they had yeah. a heart attack. Their hair had turned to gray. Their hair was gray. That's unexplained. Their hearts were healthy. They weren't clogged, but their arteries weren't clogged. But yet every... These were young men in their prime, yeah. soldiers no less. We're talking 22-year-olds in the peak of physical condition, dying of heart attacks, 25 in, in one day. And the army says that's a coincidence. Says that it must be something they ate. <laughs> Are you going to believe that? Not me. We've all had, we've all had ar- the Army's food. It's, it's, it's generally bread with non-real gravy, yeah. but it's not going to give a man that's 22 years old... A heart attack. A heart attack. I'm not buying the story. 
No, it was a ghost alien. It could have been. Wow. We're having a good laugh here over ghost aliens, but later tonight when that light goes off. I know. Isn't it great how smug you feel when you're with your friends and all joking around? Yeah. And then the lonely darkness of, of, of 9 p.m. to 6 a.m. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where anything could be real. Gremlins are real. My, there's, there's intruders in the house. Serial killers have, have picked your name out of the phone book. Uh-huh. There's ghosts. And the ghosts are being interrupted by the UFO landings in Sh- your yard. Shadow people in the corner. <laughs> right. Even, even Chupacabra. In, even indigestion. <laughs> even have, you even have a surprise number two at 2 a.m. You didn't see that coming in your, when you're laughing and eating all those meatballs. <laughs> and saying, I, don't give a, I ain't afraid of no ghost. I ain't afraid of no UFO. Yeah, when the lights go out and it's just you and, and the... And who knows what? Yeah, and your thoughts, and then all the invisible spiders. Right. And then you, like, it's just praying for dawn for 12 hours. Yeah, that's all we do is we pray for dawn. Mm-hmm. We pray for the dawn. I saw a, a, a UFO, and when I say that, I mean an unexplained flying object. I'm not saying it was an alien craft. This is a few years ago. Um, somewhere between 1992 and 2016. I don't know the exact year. All right, so I know it was after 92 because I know what house I was. It's very at. specific in the the grander sense of the the time. Of oh the, yeah, the 13 billion years old. Yeah, right. Very, so that's so it's very, very specific actually. Frame. So I was out on my back uh, patio, and my whole family saw this because someone was like, "Come here, look at this." So people can prove that you were on the back patio. Yeah, everyone. They <laughs> everyone the back families. They were inside. The whole family saw you on the back patio. They were inside patio. where it was warm, and so, I was on the back patio. So they can back this up if I quiz them. Was Brighton, in fact, on the back patio? Yeah, and I'll get four yeses. Yeah, yeah. So okay. we saw this. Um, no, someone was like, "Hey, come here, look at this thing." So it was up in the sky. Looked too low for a plane or helicopter. Uh, it was moving very slow. Like, oddly slow. Like, it didn't seem like it was moving fast enough to stay in flight. And kind of moving strangely. It was this long, tubular thing, kind of undulating. And it was, it was like, it, it was too far away to make out details. But it was like, that is not a plane. It's not a helicopter. It's not a motorized powered craft. Mm-hmm. Moving very steadily in a straight line, but very slowly across the sky. And then you... you, you you made out the alien writing that said Goodyear? Yeah. It, was, <laughs> it was terrified you? No, it was like that, though. But, I mean, it was moving like, like, bup, 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 like say, a car going 30 miles an hour down the street. Now, now was it that feel. Was this at night? Was it lit up? It was about dusk-ish. It was just before. I mean, the sky was still blue. Okay. There's no lights. No, there's no lights. Okay. No, no. Uh, my theory now is that it's a Chinese dragon that somehow <laughs> got caught in, like, a, a wind stream. Okay, so you wanted to go for something less ridiculous, yeah, than a UFO. You know how crazy that sounds. No, Obviously, that... it was a Chinese dragon caught in in a, a, a strong, warm wind. Mm-hmm. Not an actual dragon. Oh, not oh. A, not from China. Like one of those Chinese New Year things where they're banging on the drums and they've got the. Why was know, it up? In, the why was it in the sky? I don't know, but I think that's what it was. It was either that or it was an alien. It was not a plane, bird. Helicopter, blimp, dirigible, zeppelin, hmm. anything like that. I had, so I've done a little bit of research about UFOs this week because I kind of knew, I had a feeling, I had a dream that we were going to talk about this. Yeah. And so I was kind of looking some different things up. And 
I had this really, I used to stay up in this small town. I had some cousins that lived up in the country and this is like true country. There's nothing around, you know, there's the houses are miles apart and there's forests everywhere and trees. And so being the city kid, I was, it kind of freaked me out anyway. Yeah. It kind of is like, I don't know. I get, I don't know if most listeners of our show are in big cities, but going to the country is like going to Mars. I'm just out of my element. Yeah. And that's not a classist thing. It's just true. It's like, wow, there's, space everywhere and there's cre- there's living creatures everywhere that aren't just r- rats and other people yeah <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> so plenty of places for them to hide so my childlike imagination was already pretty intense and i i went up there and i had this nightmare it was so vivid and where was this specifically this was would be up by colville in utah mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. but not like a little like 10 miles off of that so out in the country sure and and I, I had this really vivid nightmare of, of lights out in the trees. And, and there was barbed wire fences all through the different properties to keep the cows and different animals, you mm-hmm. know, in, in their farm areas, whatever you call them. I call them farm areas. Far, yeah, that's... And I remember something crawling over the barbed wire fence, but it was just dark enough that you couldn't really see what it was. But it was very, you know, it was kind of that skinny, bulb-headish, Oh no! Shape, but it yeah. was it was very much like crawl, like for cr- walking on the, its hands and feet. So it wasn't upright. It was yeah. more like an ape or something. But and it was this. I remember waking up so in a cold sweat and so freaked out and not being in my bed and being in this strange area that I remember getting up and walking around my cousin's house and just being like, "What? Yeah. Like this is crazy." And then I was looking at websites this week, and they were saying, from what I was reading, a lot of actual alien encounters, you, your memory gets messed up, and you think it's a dream. Mm. And so I was reading this one interview with a woman who had, had been abducted a lot of times. And she said, whenever you have a dream, about a vivid, strange, disturbing dream about UFOs, it actually happened, and it's, I don't need to it's hear this. not a dream. Oh, God. So I, I, I watched Aliens... Land apparently, yeah, just within within a football field distance, and it and it really freaked me out. And to think back, like, if has my mind been messed with? Was is this a memory that I think is a dream? Okay, here's a fun one for you. Okay, I occasionally suffer a condition called hypnagogic hallucinations. Now, what is that? So, in your dreams, your body tends to paralyze itself. So while you're, you're dreaming. Yeah, so you're not like a dog like running while you're asleep. You're not Which acting I, out your dreams. Okay. What can happen sometimes is you're in your deep dream state, your body's paralyzed, but something somehow you wake up. Mm-hmm. You are simultaneously awake and dreaming and can't move. Okay. So just chew on that for a minute. I may I may have experienced this. Is this how is this different from night terrors? Is it is uh, it a the night, same? A night terror is more of a feeling. Okay. It, like you just wake up screaming. I've only had that once. Where just in the light you just wake up and you're just like, ah! Mm-hmm. Not fun. But the hallucination is a hallucination. So it ha- it's happened to me twice before I knew what it was. Once when I was very young and then once in my teenage years. Both times there was an earthquake. Like what? a for real earthquake. An actual earthquake. Yeah, so I'm a kid. And I, I open my eyes, I can't move, and I'm very specifically seeing a vaguely Star Wars set of faces looking at me. And I'm not talking Carrie Fisher. You're talking the... I'm talking like Ninnum or the... 
or the uh, cantina band. I was going to say people in the cantina. Yeah. And not not exactly like it wasn't. I wasn't like, oh, it's the Star Wars characters I have action figures of. But that's just what it reminded me of. Kind of ghoulish, so large now, features, almost gargoyleish. Yeah, yeah. And I remember just faces, just looking at me with these big, wide eyes. And then, and I couldn't move. And then my dad came in and said that was an earthquake. And I thought that an earthquake were those faces. I didn't know what an earthquake was. I was that young. An earthquake is when the ground shakes. Oh, I've always thought it was giant faces. Yeah, no, it's the ground shaking okay. beneath your feet. I guess that makes earthquake. Okay, that kind of yeah. Makes, see, see now it's always made no sense to me why yeah. they call these horrific nightmare faces yeah. earthquakes. But I guess in that, if you're referring to the ground shaking, that's the earth, right? Yeah, quaking. Yeah, quaking. Well, so, goddamn. <laughs> so I just chalked that up to a weird dream. Uh, then in my teenage years, it happened again. Only it was a very tall vampire. Okay. Once again, my dad comes in and says, did you feel that earthquake? So perhaps there's something about the earth gently shaking beneath me that wakes me up just enough to be awake. So do you, or, or is this all just... Or is it tied a, together? Some kind of alien mind stuff. Because you think... Yeah. It's, it, it, you can be real skeptical about aliens and, and UFO landings and stuff if you don't take into consideration that they can mess with your mind. Yeah. When I was a, a, probably 10 years old, I, well, I, there was a remake of a 50s sci-fi horror movie called Invaders from Mars. And it's, I haven't watched it since I was a little kid, so I'm sure it's a piece of garbage. Or it could be a Krull-like masterpiece. But I, in it, the aliens from Mars, the invaders, they would drill basically this long, it looked like a, a long screw into the back of your neck. But it was weird, and it had like mind control stuff in it. So, so any, this little kid... It's the classic, like, invaders of the body snatchers. Suddenly your teacher's acting weird. Suddenly, yeah, yeah. like, your friend's acting weird. And he starts noticing they all have Band-Aids on the back of their necks. Uh-huh. Because they are being mind-controlled to bring everyone to these invaders. And I, they were harvesting people or something, right? The classic stuff aliens do. Yeah. Aliens never really come to, like, just hang out. Uh, they never do. It's much more nefarious, usually. Yeah. Uh, you know, those and weird, so, those and weird so, dream things have happened to me twice more. Well, what, well what I was going to say, years, yeah. what I was going to say about that is, did your dad have a Band-Aid on his neck? Oh, I see. Yeah, and he's that, trying to chalk it off as an earthquake. Yeah, he's, he keep, he keeps, he's real insistent about this earthquake line. Yeah. And we live in a place that there's not earthquakes. That, you know, this isn't, this isn't Earthquake City, no, we, which is way south of, of, yeah. of Smogville. Yeah. Earthquake City, you know, is, is, I, I, cho- I don't want to... I almost bought a house there. No, bad idea. It was really cheap. Yeah, they're made out of adobe. Yeah, but then I found out... And then bricks, too, but they don't use mortar. It's no, more like bricks kind of... Bricks. Yeah, it's much more like uh, Jenga. <laughs> but, yeah, so he keeps insisting this is an earthquake. But then, yeah. but then his eyes would roll back in his head, and he'd walk out like a robot with that Band-Aid on yeah. his neck. And it'd say, hey, son, are you ready to break your fast with human food? <laughs> Let's play some all-American football game. Yeah. I'll, th- I'll toss the oblong sphere to you, son. <laughs> uh, that had, it's happened to me twice more as an adult. Once it was Gollum, or not Gollum, but some sort of Gollum or like creature. Yeah. Okay. And then the other time it was some figure dressed all in white. Very, very terrifying. And you try to scream, you, don't, you can't scream. Hmm. Um, I think we, we kind of need to get to the end here, but I believe UFOs and aliens will be a, maybe a recurring theme. 
Well, let, let's hear. There's a lot of ground to cover. We need to get some. We need to find. This can't just stay between you and me and Susan. We've got to find out who else Suzanne. has. Suzanne. Yeah. That's kind of the more the alien pronunciation. Suzanne. <laughs> yeah. Got Suzanne. it. Suzanne. Don't make. Don't let's not start winking again at Hands each other. Hanson. <laughs> Suzanne, thank you for your human story. <laughs> let's hear your human stories. Have you had a UFO experience? We we got to know. Well, well, we're going to keep doing this subject until, until we find the truth. Well, we still haven't talked about uh, Skinwalker Ranch. Okay. We haven't talked about the hybrid children community. That's true. There's a lot of ground to cover here. There's I think the, also in that children, children of the corn in that group, right? Sure. And the little children of the forest. Sure. A lot of, lot of, lot of children <laughs> yeah. out there at, that are out there. So a couple more letters here. On that note, once again, it's World Champion Podcast at gmail.com. That's Gmail for people that don't know how to pronounce it. They don't speak Martian. Yeah. Joshua writes in, Joshua S. What up, Holmeses? Huge fan here. When, you, when I heard you were coming back, I rushed to subscribe. A few episodes back, you asked for help describing back spasms, my experience. I'm paraphrasing this just a bit for time. It's taken me a while to get current on your podcast because even though I'm overjoyed to once again spend my daily commute with you guys, I just started the Lock and Key digital audio book and I wanted to finish that before resuming my podcast listening. I haven't listened to that yet. Lock and Key, if you don't know, is really one of the greatest uh, graphic, no, not a graphic novel, a comic book series. Modern day, though. Yeah, one of the greatest modern day comic book series is it's ended, so it's a finite run of like 30 issues or something. So you can Mm -hmm. read it, you get a story with the beginning, middle, and end. It's written by a guy named Joe Hill. Look it up on Amazon. It's fantastic. It's amazing. Uh, there's an audio book uh, Joshua mentions. He'd like to get a review of it. I'll definitely have to get my hands on it. Yeah, we'll listen to it. Uh, like 40 different voice actors, including Haley Joel Osment. Haley Joel Osment? Yeah. So he says, I was sitting down to write to you about back spasms when I heard Sean tell a story about the quirky plane passenger who wouldn't shut up on the way to Cancun. I have a similar horrific tale. Some years ago, I was flying back from my honeymoon in Costa Rica. For some reason, the airline sat my wife and I in separate aisles. Perfect honeymoon. A nice practical joke. Yeah. Congratulations from the airline. Yeah. I got stuck in a three-seat row with an empty chair between me and a very chatty dude. Uh, this was at the height of the swine flu scare, so people were wearing surgical masks everywhere. It's extremely risky to even open your mouth on an airplane. I wanted to ask the guy if he would switch seats with my wife and leave our row. <laughs> But not wanting to sound rude, I asked him if he minded if she moved into the open seat between us so the newlyweds could sit together. That's when he proceeds to tell me a lengthy story about how that seat actually belonged to a friend of his who joined him on the trip to go surf the big waves on the Pacific coast. Oh, my God. Long story short, the friend wasn't sitting in the seat because he died. He died during the trip? In a cliff diving accident. My God. Chatty guy had tried to talk the friend out of jumping, but to no avail. Avail. Holy shit. Then he died. The four-hour ride was excruciatingly awkward after that, but I can't really complain, seeing as how I returned home alive. God, that sucks. I never thought about that. Like, well, how you have to go, still go to the airport and, and... And sit next to an empty seat and check in next to an empty seat. Yeah, and still, like, eat food and, and watch the fucking... Yeah, geez, well, when, when you, yeah, when you think of a horrific... Accident, which I'm going to flick my, flick my rubber, rubber band. Yeah. You, you don't think, in my head, it's like, oh, this terrible thing happened. Your, your friend was eaten by a shark in front of you. And then you're m- teleported to your bed. 
Yeah. <laughs> you're like, yeah. the next moment you're in your bed recovering emotionally. You don't think about, well, you got to, I guess I got to find a uh, ride back to the hotel. Cause I got to pack up the souvenirs I bought, these seashells and shot glasses and Hawaiian shirts. You've got to go to the, the front desk and say, can I go to my friend's room and get his suitcase? He was killed during our trip. This is a downer, man. So back spasms. I suffered them in high school when I played on the basketball team. The trainer told me it happens to players who have weak abdominal muscles. <laughs> no wonder we've never heard of them. <laughs> That's right. In my case, touche, but I make no judgment to get steric favors. To me, is it, it felt as if someone was stabbing me with a butcher knife right in the lower back. Uh, I say that realizing I don't know what it actually feels like to be stabbed with a butcher knife, but nevertheless. Closest thing I can liken it to is a hamstring cramp or charley horse, like when you can't stretch out your leg. Imagine that pain except in your back. Push your fingers into the spot at the base of your spine uh, where you can feel your hip bones. That's where it hits. Whenever I got them... Ah, oh, jeez. I, st- I still am having a hard time picturing them. Whenever I got them, I would just hit the deck until the pain subsided. Would not wish it on anyone. So, so this this Derek favors for t- for twelve days or whatever. Twelve? No, it was like twelve fifteen games. games. So three weeks or something. No, it was like eight weeks. Eight weeks. Yeah. So you wouldn't wish this on on your your worst enemy, let alone your beloved uh, slam dunker. <laughs> not your beloved slam dunker. <laughs> Uh, anyway, I'm so glad you guys are taking time to put on a new podcast. I appreciated your comic book reviews tremendously, but in reality, what sets you guys apart is your affability and sense of humor. You truly make us feel like we're all longtime pals. Thanks. And we are. And be we careful on those cliffs. Right. We want everyone returning to Smogville alive. Yeah. Uh, so let's see. Clay writes in with a list of uh, notable X-Files episodes. Oh, um, hit me, man. This is what I want. Uh, when the X-Files first came out, I thought it was just in the Twin Peaks ripoff. David Duchovny even played an FBI agent in Twin Peaks, but I soon loved every episode until the last two seasons. Uh, I preferred the Alien storyline, but there was a serious problem with continuity at times. So here's the awesome Monster of the Week episodes you should watch. Uh, Jose Chung's from Outer Space. That's got Charles Nelson Riley being Whitley Stryber. He's our man. He can heal the sick with the touch of his hand. He can walk on water, can make... That's Dead Milkman. They have a song about Charles Nelson. Oh, okay. My, uh, my punk band used to cover that song. Uh, DPO is one of my favorite episodes. That is, has Giovanni Ribisi and James, uh, James Black. What's that guy's name? Vanderbeek? Like Jack Black. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess James Black in formal settings. Yeah, yeah James Black. Uh, the Vandals. Um, Oh, the reason I said James Black is because he said Filter the Vandals and James all in one episode. James the Band. Filter the Vandals? Filter the Band, the Vandals the Band, and James the Band. Play and Live sound. Fast Diarrhea the Vandals? That's, that song is in... Is at the Live end Fast Diarrhea Yeah, that song's at the end of the episode. Man. Giovanni Vandal- BC can control electricity. It's great. Okay. Uh, Clyde Bruckman's Final Repose. That's got Peter Boyle. These are weird names for episodes. Yeah. Is that, is that how this, the show is? That's how the ones that, like, the, this certain writing team would do it. Usually. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, home is the one that got banned forever. I've heard about Home. Yeah. Don't tell me about it. Um, I've made my way through the first season. Lord of the Flies, Sid Barrett references. Postmodern Prometheus is black and white and has Jerry Springer and Cher. The episode's called Postmodern Prometheus? Yeah. Uh, Irresistible, Our Town, Dod Calm. And this is another great one, Musings of a Cigarette Smoking Man. Unreliable narrator. Oh, wow. 
It's, it's it's kind of a later one, but it's cigarette smoking man sitting down and like recording his life story, and and, and it's it unreliable na- narrator style storytelling. Well, we don't know. At the end, I think he deletes the tape, and he and he says like, or maybe that's all a lie or something. Just like we are gonna do on this episode. Uh, well, knowing our track record, <laughs> it's possible that we will do that. It's true. Uh, and then Clay shoots us another one. Fools, I just went to the ACDC concert last night, and it was phenomenal. So this is the rock band. Much like Bare Naked Ladies. Much like Bare Naked Ladies, Third Counting Eye Crows, Blood, the Cranberries, Cranberries, Slayer. Right, Slayer. Uh, uh, Venom. Gary and the Playboys. Right, uh, Spin Doctors, Mayhem. Spin Doctors, uh, Peter, Paul, and Mary. Right. Yeah. All right. Cradle, all Cradle of Filth. Yes, let's, rock and roll let's music. Let's throw those in there. So write to us about UFOs. Write to us about rock and roll music, bare naked ladies. We really got uh, we really got sidetracked with bare naked ladies. Frankly, it felt good though. It felt good. Uh, write to us about Degrassi. Watch along with me if you would. Catch up. And uh, and if you're in town, Shangri La Diner. Yes, absolutely. So just once more, World Champion Podcast at gmail.com. You know the breast I said him earlier. Yeah, it's, it's beautiful, man. Yeah. We, we, we're left with a lot to think about. I think so. And uh, we'll think about it until next week. All right. So until, until then, goodbye from the top of the Ferris wheel. We'll see you at the fair. All right, delete this.